I have to tell you, you know, I never know who I'm going to see and who I'm going to meet. And I stopped by a video shoot today at Michael Gomez's studio. Michael Gomez is someone I hadn't seen in a while, but he's been someone I've admired and worked with over the years. And I said, Michael, let's talk and do a little bit of a plotable perspective. He said, yeah, okay, great. So in the background, you're going to hear a video going on. We're at his studio uh, right near Harlansdale Farm in beautiful downtown historic Franklin. So Michael... Michael's got a new dog named Bonnie that he's training. She just told me to go outside, and, and, and like I heard the bark, but I wasn't sure. But you were you were ignoring you were ignoring her. So this is what she does. She comes back here and says, "This is what I needed." <laughs> she just uh, told me what she needed. <laughs> so so Bonnie is a. T- Patterdale Terrier. Patterdale Terrier. It looks like my dog Camille, my little black dog Camille, except really, really small. Probably, how how many pounds? She's 10 pounds. Is she 10 pounds? She's about to be 15 tops. She's adorable. <laughs> She's adorable. So, so Michael, you, you were talking about your mentor, Slick Lawson, um, but let's rewind a little bit because you've had a really interesting life, um, and I've known you, known of you, but we never really talk. It's always it's always business. It's like I hired you to do things, or I was on this set, or whatever. So, but you were born in England, originally, yes, originally, yes, and you lived in a castle at one point. You said yes, yeah, Devonshire Castle in Goodness. Derby, England. Derby, England. It was a, a hospital. Um, it was converted to a hospital from a castle. And your dad was a physician? And my dad was a pediatrician. Pediatrician, okay. And at that hospital, he invented an oxygen chair for babies. For babies. And it was a, he, he felt that the children needed hands-on touch, so he made this chamber that they could get oxygen, but they also could change their diapers and oh give them goodness. and all that sort of stuff. Is it still in existence? It is. Is it still being used? Yeah. Wow. And, and um, they... Uh, a uh, medical company uh, ended up buying it from the patented and bought it from the hospital. He just gave it to him and never saw a dime. <laughs> and he uh, basically just wanted to go to Uganda, wanted to go to Africa. Your parents wanted to go to Africa? So, yeah. yeah. And at that time, uh, Uganda was uh, a British colony, but when we got there, they gave their independence back to Uganda. Mm-hmm. And Idi, uh, uh, Idi, Amin, Idi Amin, he was the mm-hmm. general. Abote was the president, and and how old were you? Just a babe, uh, just a young I was, kid. Uh, four in Goodness. 1968. Wow, I was probably three, three and a half. Right. Okay. And then Abote was the president, and Idi Amin was about to be arrested for some kind of. Do you remember any of this? It's probably too young. I don't young. remember that, but I do remember a lot of Africa. Yeah. I learned Swahili. And I do remember a lot of it. We have a lot of home movies. And Must have been so exciting being a young child and yeah. being in, I mean, what a fantasy a sense, place. Yeah, my dad had a sense of adventure. I mean. I guess so. But um, while we were there, I mean, took over. Mm. And Obote went out of town and I mean, said, don't come back. And he took over and killed up. The insanity began. thousand people. Yeah, it just, mm. And so Vanderbilt was over there at the time and they said, we want you to come over and we'll give you a job here. So, mm-hmm. so you went from so Africa 
to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> culture over. shock. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was with my parents, so it wasn't a culture shock. It was just, okay, follow your parents. You yeah, know, yeah. And ended up here. <laughs> and you said something interesting. I, I mean, I've always known you as a photographer, a videographer, um, just incredibly creative and always very approachable person. Like, I'm, you know, you're not, you don't come off as really egotistical or anything, and yet you've worked with everybody. But you said you, you really wanted to be a songwriter, which oh, I never yeah. knew that about you. I thought that I went to school at MTSU for music. Okay. Or for recording industry program. Mm. And I started managing a band. Mm. Oh, that's how it always starts. My, my <laughs> friend's band, and I was trying to get them booked in some of these clubs, so I went down to the exit end to try to book them. And I came in the side door, and Janet, the manager, was in there picking up bottles and beer cans mm. from the night before and they were all over the floor and I asked her if uh, how could I book this band and she said oh you have to talk to Bruce he's not here he won't be here till later and so I asked her I said do you not have anybody helping you and I started helping her pick up bottles and put them in these big trash cans and I just started helping her clean up and I said do you not need any help and she said be here tonight at nine you're gonna work that side door and I'm like Okay, so I ended up getting a job at the exit in, and I wouldn't get home till like three in the morning, and had eight o'clock music class. The next oh my day. god! In Murfreesboro. Yeah, so I would have to drive all the way back. Goodness. I'd get, I'd get there sometimes at four, and I just started kind of skipping classes, and I kind of, and then um, I was in school, but I wasn't in school, and I was enjoying the exit in a lot, and I knew. I was watching great bands, and I was just having... I mean, it was the place that I liked to hang out and watch the rock bands. It was a rock block. Sure. Yeah. So I liked to watch the bands, and and, um, and then I ended up get working the front door, and then I mm. got moved up to being a bartender, and mm -hmm. then people were offering me internships in the music industry because they mm -hmm. did a lot of showcases there. And I said, you know what? I don't need college for this. So I quit, and I just kept bartending, and it was mm -hmm. more money than I've ever made in my life. And... Um, after the exit in, I worked at uh, Elliston Square across the street for a while mm -hmm. because the guy... Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Well, no, uh, Elliston Square, which was um, now the end, which okay. Bruce actually owns that now. So was that a, was that a club then? And it was another club. Okay. And Tommy uh, And Gold Smith, Rush was already there. Yeah, and Tommy Smith owned it. Okay. At the time, uh, he sold it, and Mike Tittle bought that, so I, I managed that for a while. And, um, and then... Uh, they closed that down, and he bought another little place called Dickie Magruder's, and I managed that for a while. And then after that, I went over and I uh, went to work at Marty's, mm. which was on now where South Street was, on near Mario's. And I was bartending there. That used to be close quarters over there yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. it was a really cool place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I... I might have been the only straight guy there, really, but it didn't matter. <laughs> I, I loved it. It was great, and um, got to really meet a lot of great friends. Fletcher Foster. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I've just met so many great. Marty was a great boss, and, and it was just a lot of fun. And somebody came in and said, you need to be an actor. Give me your headshots. And I said, get out of here. Headshots? I don't even know who to call. <laughs> and he, was, he came in a few weeks later, where's my headshots? And I didn't have headshots for him. And he goes, look, I'm paying for your headshots. So he paid for me to get my headshots done. Shut the door. So we went to That's Jim DeVault's studio and Don Putnam was a photographer there. Oh my goodness. I remember Don Putnam. Yeah. Oh my oh, goodness. Big, big time headshot photographer. So I went in there, got the headshots and I didn't do anything with them. I went in there and I saw like the studio and I'm like, 
screw acting, I'm going to be a photographer. So I immediately oh, wow. just started going right into photography. Went back to, um, started at Nashville Tech. Okay, sure. And I hated s school, but uh -huh. it, you couldn't teach me fast enough. I got... I, I hated to read because I had dyslexia, mm. and uh, a week before school, we got our uh, workbook, and it was almost an inch thick on photography, basically. I was done with that book before class started. Wow. So I just got on a fast track. I started working with a girl named Rita Adams, uh -huh. when I met you. Yeah, okay. Um, you were working with Garth, and, and we were all, she, she was doing a lot of interviews at Fanfare, mm -hmm. so she needed somebody to help her with photos mm -hmm. while she was at Fanfare mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she hired me to do that. She was in my class mm. at, at school. So I ended up kind of getting into the music side of things and um, next thing you know I was shooting my friends, shooting live bands, Walk the West, the bands oh, that God. I loved back yeah. then. Yeah, just a lot of live stuff mm -hmm. at, at the exit in and, and uh, just having a great time and becoming a photographer. And then I ended up getting in with a shared studio with a whole group of photographers instead of getting an apartment. I had an apartment on Elliston at one time and I kind of left there, went back home because I wasn't making near as much money working. I, I started working at Dury's, the camera store. So oh, I wasn't yeah. making near sure. as much money there as I was bartending. So I said, I'm moving back home and I decided to get a studio instead. So I, I shared in the studio space. And there was a modeling agency in there, so I uh, advantage models. Oh, so sure. I started testing with the models, and then I started shooting models, and then I was assisting photographers that would come out of town and, mm. uh, and shooting at the same time, mm -hmm. and it just kind of kept progressing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, when I was working at Dury's, uh, one day Russ Harrington came in, and I said, what's it like to be on a little photo shoot? He goes, show up at the studio tonight when you're off work. i got to shoot tonight. So I came in worked for him that night. He had his assistant Danny and Danny was kind of getting out of it a little bit and Russ said you did really well just show up anytime you want. So I started just showing up at his door for three months and then he says okay Danny's gone on his own your turn and so he started hiring me. He referred me to Dean Dixon when mm -hmm. Dean asked him for mm -hmm. another assistant and I started working with Dean and then Slick called Dean because they were pals and Slick uh, Lawson um, I, I've always heard of the legend Slick Lawson, but you know, he's he, he a lot of photographers worked with him, Mark Tucker, all sure. these photographers mm -hmm. back in the day, and so um, Dean referred me to Slick, and Slick was shooting for uh, People Magazine. We were shooting Reba McIntyre, mm -hmm. so I showed up at his house, went out, you know, driving outside the country, up and down these little country <laughs> hills. And Slick was smoking a cigarette out his window, and, and I looked up and I saw this barn with smoke pouring out of the top of it. And I looked at Slick and I said, Slick, that barn's on fire. And would we need to call somebody or something like that? And he just looked at me, puffing on a cigarette, and said, where are you from, boy? I told, I told him my story. And he goes, that's interesting. And, and every time he turned around, I would have a lens or something ready for You were anticipating yeah. his every need. Well, yeah. yeah, and he turned around and he said, you keep this up, Gomez, and I'll get you a green card. <laughs> 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 I knew he was kidding around, and I just kid around back with him. And um, 
I had the very worked. same thing happen yeah, with, with, with a friend of mine, and, and same thing with a smoking bar. Yeah. <laughs> Most of your neighbors aren't smoking. This yeah. is our tour, Clarksville. And he's like, which road were you on? And I told him, and he's like, Pam, it's a tobacco bar. Yeah. Like, I don't care. It's, it's on fire. Yeah, he had <laughs> he, explained it to me. I was yeah. like, okay. First um, time I saw this. And, then, and now it's really cool. I, I, I collect arrowheads, and I go to different areas sometimes and I see these smoke pouring out of the bar and I'm like wow it just brings me back to that mm-hmm. time and I'm like that's neat and you were I mean you were really like his uh I mean he was your mentor oh yeah I became his sidekick pretty much your side I yeah mean, he would have house parties and I would make sure that everybody had drinks and the trash was clean and it was we prepare for the party and then I'd clean up after the party. Look after his house when he was out of town yeah, and all that. Just yeah. house it for him and all that. Yeah. And he was married to Susan um, at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up getting a divorce. And Slick, Slick became a bachelor, and mm-hmm. I still just house sat for him. Dug mm-hmm. a hole in his backyard when he was re- ready to bury a dog. I mm-hmm. mean, I just became his right hand man, and. He was what a like, gift! Yeah, he was for, like a, for he both was, of you. Yeah, really, he was like a dad, and, and you know, he gave me his gear one day. He just mm-hmm. he just said, "Gomez, take all my blank to my to your studio, and I'll call you when I need it." So mm-hmm. I had all this gear all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and then I I was like really started to take off after that. Mm-hmm. And and that equipment was worth a lot of money. Oh yeah, and eight by you 10, said you had like one you had one you had one camera right at the I time. I had one camera, and that's it. So and, and suddenly you had this treasure trove I, of I tools to work with. So I really started to take off then and shooting a lot of local bands and just mm-hmm. practicing and building up my portfolio and I started kind of getting into the music business, mm-hmm. photography and mm-hmm. uh, assisting other photographers that were doing that, working with Mark Tucker and mm-hmm. Russ Harrington still and all these other guys that would come in from out of town and just kind of took off. and and. Um, when a photographer would call me from out of town, I, um, if I couldn't shoot the job, I'd find out, you know, what kind of film they were using, what kind of cameras they were using. I'd, I'd make sure that they, I could line them up with the right assistant. So mm-hmm. I said, "Give me five minutes," and I'd call and line them up with an assistant. Mm-hmm. And uh, at winding back a little bit, when um, Slick gave me all that gear. Um, I told him, I said, I couldn't thank him enough for everything he did for me. So he said, just do me a favor and help the next guy. So I started just helping the next guy. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, um, uh, photographers were sending people to me that were trying to, you know, uh, assistants were trying to work with them. And he said, call Gomez and he'll help you out. So I kind of put myself in this position to help these new guys. And I just kept doing that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it worked out because I could kind of get them connected. Mm-hmm. So when these guys from New York or out of town photographers would call I would hook them up with a photo assistant that was qualified but then I would say hey I've got a new guy and they need more experience can you just let them on set and they'll work for you for free on this day and they would um, say sure you know free and but they would end up sometimes paying them because Mm -hmm. they were very qualified and and I just kind of got them into more experience and mm. got them hooked up in the industry and, and allowed them to be sponges uh, yeah and, allowed mm. them to, to learn and I had a studio and they would come help me out and, and so much of it is relationships and being oh, yeah. the right place at the right time Absolutely. and you know and the passion to do what you're doing I could always tell when I knew that I had an assistant that that's exactly what they were going to do uh-huh. and so when they when I could see that I invested just like Slick invested in me Okay, so we just moved into another room. 
um, because there's lots of activity here today, and there is we're in the middle of a photo shoot, and there's probably I don't know how many people are working today. At least ten or twelve. Yeah. <laughs> But we're moved into this room, and I said, oh, my gosh, there's, like, all these coffee makers here and popcorn and everything. So tell what this room is going to be. This room is going to be the future uh, barista bar coffee shop, Slick Lawson Foundation coffee shop. We're going to get white-label coffee. We're going to make T-shirts. We're going to coffee mugs, and, and it's going to go help the Slick Lawson Foundation. And so you sell some of his photos. And we're going to sell, yeah, we're going to basically, the studio is going to be a gallery. Yeah. We're going to do photography shows here. We're going to do live music here. I love it. We're going to do events here, um, fundraiser events. We're going to do workshops for photographers and basically make it an art center. Hopefully, we're going to get Will you expand the building or um, or do you have plenty of room? My plan is to, we have a big 10-foot garage door, glass door, Mm -hmm. and we have a a loading dock outside. My plan is to build a greenhouse out back, Mm -hmm. fill it with plants, chairs, seats, tables, and do live shows out there, but continue events here. Um, That's my future plan. And just make it really an art center for Franklin Mm -hmm. and a learning center for not just photography, but for video and for... um, people that just want to learn how to work in the, in this mm-hmm. business and, and kind of get connected. Like an incubation Yeah, an incubation place, place yeah. basically. Just get connected. And Well, uh, and that's what's like, it's so beautiful that you're passing the baton and you're doing exactly what he asked you to do. Yeah. Which is, you know, help the other guy. Right. And it doesn't always have to be just photography. I, I try to connect um, models with agencies. Yeah, sure, I try sure. to get actors, you know, and, and um, just anybody that I can connect, that I can make a connection with, I, I, that's what I try to do. And um, so, Well, yeah. you see, I think that when you realize that there's more than enough to go around. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when you people get miserly about their time, yeah. their energy, their contacts, then... Um, Work out of abundance. Yeah, and, work, work and, from a place of and, abundance. And, and, and I've always had exactly what I needed and everything's just fallen straight in my lap or when I've fallen, I've always landed on my feet somehow. But and you have faith. You have faith yeah. in yourself and you have yeah. faith in the universe. That, oh, yeah, absolutely. That the universe is for you. It's not against you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're nice. You know what I mean? You're nice. And I mean, I've been... It's really funny. I, I, I actually was dating a, um, a photographer in New York and he through a very circuitous route he's part of the reason I'm here was just because I was the right place right time and I was his girlfriend backstage and met you know Galani and Tony Brown and all these people um, because of it and John has since passed away but um, it's amazing if you just keep showing up and try to be open what great things can happen and um, and just um, like every morning you wake up, and we talked about it. It's like you just be grateful every yeah, day, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you've been all over the place shooting. What are the, some of the more um, interesting locations and maybe some of the more interesting shoots that you've been a part of and maybe interesting people you've shot? Um, I've, you know, somebody called me for a bank photo shoot, and uh, they told me that I was going to shoot a, a guy named Alex Rodriguez, mm. and I did not even know who he was, because I don't follow baseball at all, <laughs> and I told people I was taking pictures of Alex, uh, Alex Rodriguez, and they were like, A-Rod? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to go down to Miami to his house. And Love it. We shot him down there. Um, I've shot a couple of covers of George Jones. 
George Jones told me he was going to give me two hours to shoot it, so I had everything set. I had a dog that could was just the smartest dog in the world, and I knew George loved dogs, and yeah. I had a 56 Chevy car there inside the studio, and and so um, Slick, hung, uh, Slick came and hung out, and George hung out for five hours and something like that, <laughs> and so we got He must have been enjoying himself. Yeah, he then. was having a good time, so I, I was, you know, I like people to come into a photo shoot and have a good time. I like my clients to come in as a client and leave as a friend. Yeah, there you go. And, and George said he wanted to take my dog home, and I told him, I said, I couldn't give you this dog, but I'll give you the first, you know, choice of a puppy if she ever had any. He said, yeah, I'd love to take one, and... Sure enough, she had puppies, and George got in a car wreck, and Nancy said it wasn't, oh, a, good, I remember that, wasn't yeah. a good time to have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, I've been I've, I've been lucky just just to meet and work with so many different people. I've been to Cuba, I've been really? to Africa recently. I've been what part to, of Africa? To Haiti. I went to South Africa. Mm. And um, on a shoot or vacation? Uh, uh, well, it was a photo shoot, but it, it, it was I was shooting but it was more like just a photo fun vacation basically what 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 were you what did you find surprising about south africa um so i went with a friend of mine who mentors me making arrowheads because that's oh. one of the little hobbies that i've picked up um over the last several years and um my brother and i were kids in Westmead and sitting next to a creek and he sits on an arrowhead and it pokes him in the butt <laughs> and he jumps up and pulls out this beautiful arrowhead and I was like wow how did they make that and I just had this fascination with it uh -huh. I've always wanted to learn how to make an arrowhead so I ended up getting involved in going to these things called nap-ins and learning how to make them a little bit and um, my mentor is also a big hunter so he took a group over to go hunting, and in in Africa, you, you know, the unemployment's thirty five percent, and goodness. so they have. I wasn't sure about like what hunting was in Africa, but everybody breeds animals out in the open in these mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. acres and acres and acres of fence, like it's the wild. Um, but then when they mature to hunting, they let them go in these big other fields, and people go and hunt them, but. And they pay a lot of money. And to they hunt pay them. a lot of money, mm -hmm. but it also goes into the conservation of the animal because of the all the animals because it helps stop con poaching. Poaching, yeah. Sure. Also, none of the animals wasted. The villages get the, the, the meat. meat. Mm -hmm. um, the villagers get to work by helping process it all. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being a really big help for for the industry and and just like all the cattle down in Texas, mm -hmm. the cattle are in these small fences in Texas and, and then they get processed and but here they let them go and live mm -hmm. their life mm -hmm. as just a normal animal mm -hmm. and then um, then they hunt them eventually mm -hmm. but it's, 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 it's very interesting so I had to kind of learn that process and it kind of changed my mind. Now I'm allergic to meat because I got bit by a tick. Oh my so goodness. I've heard other people that have gone through that. I, I will not What hunt. happens if you eat meat? Um, it's called alpha-gal syndrome. Um, basically, I just break out in hives, but some people can't even eat dairy or drink, have dairy. Some people can't. Um, they'll get anaphylactic shock. Shock, yeah. And I just break out in hives. But and can you... Uh, some people can't even be in the room while they're cooking it. So do you... If you happen to eat it, would, do you have to uh, do you take a shot or something like that? Because I Probably had... Benadryl. Just a Benadryl, yeah. that's But I've right. only had really one breakout, and so I've just controlled, you know, 
making sure that I don't have any meat products in my food that that anything with a hoof basically is or anything that has alpha gal protein in it uh, okay. the blood in the blood interesting so I've had it for what 10 years almost or something like that and it does fade away for some people depending on what your diet is uh-huh. and um, Sorry, we have a little puppy here named Bonnie that is... She's having fun with my shawl. ...biting people, <laughs> nipping <laughs> on people. Here, I'll give her a treat. Hey, I Bonnie. have puppies at home, too. It's hey, okay. Bonnie. So, What does um, the fox say? What does the fox say? What does the fox say? Huh? You gotta say it louder. What does the fox say? What's the fox say? Huh? There you go. <laughs> Good work, Bonnie. So, so do you know where you got this bitten by the tick? Because my I mother's was, had it. I think I was in Alabama, and uh, I was doing a book cover for uh, John Coyles. He was playing uh-huh. football for Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. He ended up deciding he didn't want to be a pro football player and started adopting children. Mm-hmm. And he's got 105 children that he's adopted and he's Goodness. got a huge compound down there. And it what? was, yeah, acres and acres and all these sports uh, athletes help support his thing. His son played for Alabama. Crazy. And ended up I think playing in the pros but I think he recently also went back to work with his dad and it's it's just wonderful down there he's people just drop kids off at his patio oh my and, goodness and, yeah and he just adopts them and bring and he loves them and so I was down there shooting uh, what a big heart yeah I was shooting for a uh, lifeway when I when I went down there mm-hmm. and did his book cover and he he and I got along really well and had a great time working together but I think I was down there when I got bit <laughs> and uh, you didn't I, see the bullseye or anything? I did see a bullseye, uh, but I didn't know. It wasn't Lyme's disease, but everybody thinks it's Lyme's disease. But it it just, basically, I think it's a lone star tick. And if mm. the tick bites an animal before it bites me, some of that alpha, alpha-gal mm. gets introduced into my system mm-hmm. with that bite. And it's like giving me an immunization shot to make a, an antibody for the alpha-gal protein. Mm. So... Um, uh, was it famous book author um, um, Grissom? I think maybe um, John Grissom. John Grissom had it, and he spent millions trying. Bredesen to had it. Did you know that? There's a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, it's funny because my director saw Phil Bredesen not long ago, mm-hmm. uh, and they had a good talk. And Phil Bredesen said he wanted to come down here and see the Slick Lawson archives. Oh, cool! So I have all of Slick's archives now. Um, mm-hmm. Slick passed away in 2002 and all the archives went to Texas with his son. Mm-hmm. Well, you were you were in his will. Yeah, I was in his will. He gave me Even though his, he was mad at he you. Gave, yeah, he gave me all his <laughs> gear, he said. And I told him, I said, I said, well, Slick, I already have your gear. And I said, what are you mad at me about? And he says, you still think you want to be a songwriter. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I said, well, I'm really not writing songs. I, and I, I totally get it. But he made me focus on photography, which is what I really needed to do because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all over the place with ideas and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I've got a screenplay for sale in California. I mean, I've just come up with a game show, TV game show that I'm hoping to do eventually. <laughs> I say eventually. I'm going to try to get down on that pretty quick. Um, but um, And I meet people that can actually facilitate there you go. Take that for me, so yeah. I can kind of hand it off, but maybe sure, be, sure. still be involved. But um, my main focus is to shoot less and be more involved with Slick Lawson Foundation. And uh, David Molnar um, also has a group called the Photo Mentorship Program. Mm-hmm. I mentored David about 20 years ago mm-hmm. and introduced him to Jeremy Cowart, mm-hmm. who's an amazing photographer. 
and um, introduced him to Jeremy, um, and he worked for Je with Jeremy for a while, and when um, and then came back to work in my studio, and then he started a mentorship program where he's selling videos, but he's really got a great program, and then he hired me hmm. to be on his mentorship as a mentor. Very cool. He hires other well, photographers. Uh, uh, you you are I mean so many people who are creative they're creative in many different realms mm -hmm. you know uh, it's not just one one area how do you feel about ai do you think it's threatening creativity do you think are you... I, I just used it today i was, <laughs> was going to say because a lot of people i talked to they use it as a tool yeah, how, it's just how, another did you, tool. how did you use it um i created a backdrop for a band that okay. I, a well-known band <laughs> going into the 45 years or something of, of music and um, and so, look at this. This dog actually knows that I'm trying to talk. So so he, she's really just trying to go into this pocket for her treats. <laughs> <laughs> and but anyway, so yeah. So I used it this morning because I, I wanted to generate a backdrop that I could put them in that is exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And it was a Christmas scene, and I put them in because. I shot them in a way where I could do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you use it pro properly as a tool, mm -hmm. then you can do amazing things. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the future, if you if you get on board and, and use it the right way as a tool, you can always use it for your benefit. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a good photographer, you know, you don't have to worry about AI. You just keep doing what Everybody has a way of figuring out how to make things work for them, especially if you're talented and resourceful. <laughs> But do you think there's too many photographers? Do you find like there's too much competition? Do you ever just do you ever worry about that, or do you have uh, people that you work with who worry about that? I know people that I work with worry about it, but I never worry about competition because the first thing I do is embrace my competition and help them. Mm -hmm, <laughs> because mm -hmm. I, I again I like to work out of abundance. There's work, enough work for everybody, mm -hmm. but my main sort my main priority is not to become a big famous photographer and make a lot of money as it is to help other people do that and become mm -hmm. better than me so if I'm doing that then I'm doing my purpose <laughs> and so that kind of you know I've I've been given so much and so much opportunity and so many chances and when you have a doorway that you go through there's a million other doors that open up behind it and mm -hmm. I want to be able to open those doors for people and let them see the next door that they're going to go through and just kind of let them see what how their future is going to turn out mm -hmm. and I've been able to point people in the direction that they need to go mm -hmm. and, and then when they become really successful more successful than me I really um, I really just enjoy watching them be successful my success is when I can help other people become successful that's what I consider successful and again, I've always had exactly what I needed, and and I basically, again, when Slick's archives were, when he passed away, went to Texas for 19 years, and then his son and daughter didn't know what to do with him, so they've been hidden all these years, and now all of a sudden, I've got these rare photos that maybe have se been seen once in the 70s, 80s, and then disappeared, and and um, you know they're still out, but but I've got other things that have not been seen. Mm -hmm and um, a lot of Nashville history and so it's really awesome to to have these archives and then I'm going to be using these archives to help generate income for the Slick Lawson Foundation Love it. which is all about building 
up um, gear and things that my interns can use and having a studio here that they can use. I've got an intern coming tomorrow to work with me from Nissan and then he's going to come here and do a photo shoot at the studio. Love it. So those Love kind of it. things, is, it, it's a lot of fun. What you're hearing in the background are, are little pellets of food <laughs> dropping on the floor for Bonnie. Kibbles. Kibbles. Um, I always ask my guests if they have any pearls of wisdom, professional and or personal advice to offer. Wow. <laughs> so, <clears throat> professional advice, be nice and, and just put your heart into it. Try to find your purpose. Like, what is your real purpose? And, and your purpose is always to serve somebody else. It's not to serve yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, if, you, if you're doing your purpose every day when you wake up, then it's, everything's going to come right to you. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's all. That's a soul search, because you know, being successful is is to me not about income as much as it is just being happy with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I just really enjoy, you know, meeting people, and I love meeting new clients, and then coming in as a client but leaving as a friend. So and then and, and then just helping them become successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this little doggy is in rare form <laughs> okay <laughs> there's a little girl here who really wants to play with her <laughs> yeah. you have to be careful the terriers you're right they can get a little nippy sometimes yep well <laughs> what's the next adventure where are you going um, next uh i am i'm just going to basically work here as much as i can now i think the next adventure is just turning the studio that i have into an art center mm -hmm. and to grow this Lawson Foundation. Um, what are you going to call the studio? Um, the studio is still going to be called Westlight or it end up, might, it, the whole thing might end up just becoming the Lawson Foundation and then Westlight's a part of a it, part a, of a it. branch okay. of it. Uh -huh. um, but um, I, I'm, I've been working with a high school in, in Alabama and, and the teacher wants to come work for the Lawson Foundation when he retires and we want to go to all the high schools that we can and build up uh, photographer affiliates that would like to take on an intern maybe and help them and give them a chance I you know I, I, I can't I've got always a list of people that want to get in for an internship and teach them about the business and I can't get to everybody and not everybody's quite ready yet but mm -hmm. I give them a try as many as I can I'll, I'll try to meet with at least everybody well, thank you for your time. This was delightful. I didn't even know if you were going to be here today. So um, this has been great. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you, thank you. We need to take a picture. Okay. Okay.